This episode is brought to you by Learnly. For more information, go to Learnly.me. Enjoy the show. Washington gun laws. We're getting into that more. Mm-hmm. Wyoming lawmaker? We're going to talk about Wyoming? Well, we cover the states. It's a flyover. SBC investigation. Me too or not? Uh, Me too or not? Me three. Emotional worship. We're going there. <clears throat> We're going to make some enemies. Yes, we are. Here we go. Emotional worship. And we have Rachel on the show. Huh? Rachel Jankovic. Hashtag yeah. Department of Hell No. We're going to get into more of that. I think it's Jankovic. Did, did he say that right? It's Jankovic. We actually... It depends on context. We'll answer to either. <laughs> Thank you. That's not helping Thank me, you. though. I have, I have family members who will say Jankovic, but then it's a Jankovic family thing. They'll say it both ways. Oh, there mm. we go. So I'm Pastor saying, Toby. He just chose one way. Uh, Pastor okay. Toby, Chuck okay. Knox, Gabe, we're just a bunch of rowdy Presbyterians, and it's going to get rowdier with Rachel in the studio. Oh, yeah. You know, she's a she's really rowdy. Yep. Yeah, I was in <laughs> I was in I was in Texas this last week and I, I met with uh, I met someone who listened to our show. Thank you. That's right. Amen. Right. Promise land. Hallelujah. That's the last one for the day. And and uh, the lady was telling me um, her her son, I think he's about four years old, five years old. Um, she's got a couple boys, but but the four year old's the youngest. And, and th- she drives around and listens across Baltic and so forth. And her son was trying to communicate a story to her about about this, I don't know if it was a teacher in her classroom or something, was talking about how she became a cross-politic. <laughs> she and became a cross-politic. So he's, he's relating the story of the teacher telling you know, him what happened, and she said, I became a cross-politic. And, and what he was trying to communicate was his teacher was talking about the story where he be, she became a Christian. Mm. And, you know what? Oh, right. kids that's right. That's right. I like how he thinks. I know it was it was pretty funny when I became a cross politic. Yeah. Uh-oh. So so if you guys have been following, we had we had Matt Shea on the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a couple weeks ago, representative in Washington. state representative in Washington. in Washington. Well, you know the state of Washington is very liberal, and they've been passing these recent gun restriction laws that have been really restrictive and really bothering eastern washington which is the conservative side of washington uh well 12 sheriffs uh have said that they aren't going to go along with these these new restrictive laws they aren't going to enforce them right it was it was a ballot it was a ballot measure was a ballot measure so the people voted on it or actually let's say it's just seattle voted on it (laughs) right and or voted for it and it was a ballot measure so the the sheriffs and actually one police chief said that they aren't going to enforce it in eastern washington right and so there's this big uproar and the attorney general fired back this last week and said um, that they have to enforce it. He fired it. back. He fired he back. Yeah. Fired back. <laughs> he said. He said you can personally disagree with this initiative, um, or seek to change it, or file a lawsuit challenging it, but do not substitute your personal views over that of the people. Right. And I, I was thinking, like, this is actually this back and forth is good. You know, law of lesser magistrates, yeah. like sure. the, the police chief and the and the sheriffs doing their thing. So the so the actual mm-hmm. law raised purchase age. Um, uh, for semi-automatic rifles to 21. Eight, from 18 to 21, yeah. Uh, it, 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 there's some kind of law regarding safe storage, meaning, uh, and Matt Shea was explaining this to us, that if uh, if, your, yes. if your gun was not locked up in a particular kind of way and then is used in a, in a, uh, a, a violent crime, crime someone, later someone, on, someone robs you're, it, steals it. You're liable for what happened to your gun. Yep. Um, and then it, it is like in, increased background checks um, and... Uh, I don't want to ever. There's also it authorizes the state to require gun sellers to add twenty five dollars to the sales of semi automatic rifles to, to, to pay, pay for the regulations. To pay for the new regulations. <laughs> if only the sheriffs could stop that part. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah and, they like that part. And so the but the whole thing is is that all these sheriffs are pushing back and they're just saying this is uh, infringement on our Second Amendment rights. Yeah. This is not constitutional. You're you're making it difficult for people to own, purchase um, firearms. This is a fundamental right, and we're we're not doing it. We're not gonna we're not gonna enforce this. The, the thing that Christians should just keep straight in all this is um, the Ferguson, what's his name? Bob Ferguson, attorney, general, attorney general of Washington. Yep. Um, he only acknowledges two levels of truth or justice here. He says, basically, you can have your personal convictions, but the people voted. Yeah. And he's leaving a very important voice out in all this, which is, but what does God the say? Sovereign. What, what about <laughs> God? What about the Bible? Um, people can get things wrong. And so it's not about personal convictions in the first instance or what a bunch of people voted for because people, yeah. a bunch of people can get together and vote for something stupid and wrong. Yeah. This is right. the problem. We don't believe in a settled truth. Right. Right. He, he, he doesn't believe that truth right. can be anchored and should be that way at all times. And, and, and the other thing, of course, is, and you're talking about this with the, the lesser magistrates, um, God has established all authorities, including sheriffs, 
mayors, city council members, parents, pastors. These are all authorities that are established by God. And so um, they have a duty to enforce the word of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's for the protection of their people. And so it doesn't matter if somebody further up the line, the, the governor of uh, the state, a Supreme Court justice says you have to murder babies. Yeah, you, you right. have to allow this to happen. Lesser mm-hmm. magistrates should say, "No, I no. don't. Yep. I actually must not." I mean, this yeah. is the same principle applies. For example, in a marriage, mm-hmm. uh, ordinarily a, a, a wife obeys and submits to her husband, yeah. but if her husband says, "And now we're going to rob a bank," yep, um, it's her duty to say, "No, no. we're not." Yeah. Yeah. And I think hell no. I think hell <laughs> there we go. Right there. Uh, <laughs> hell no, baby. Like to, like Did you see that setup? Did you see that setup? I know. I know. I got it. But here's the thing: he's the attorney general. And they have sanctuary cities in, the, in Washington. Right, they're like, already practicing he's, this. He's already practicing this. And they're he's, defying he's not federal, law. federal law. They're right. doing the same thing with marijuana. Yeah, I mean, we got this pot shop right outside our mm-hmm. our city limits, seven miles away from us, in defiance yeah. of the federal law. Right, and so he he can't even be consistent no. with these. No, these right now, chiefs. if you live in Eastern Washington and you can find out who these twelve sheriffs are, I would actually call them, support them, and oh, publicly, yeah. if, yeah. if they post something, they say, "Hey, we're not going to do this." Yeah. Thank, support thank them, them thank for them. support their campaign. Lift them up. All that stuff. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. They need that yep. right now. So Wyoming Republicans. Have you ever been to Wyoming? I've been yeah. through oh, it. you went to Jackson Hole? That's I've been right. through it. Yep. Um, it was kind of quiet. It's windy. And and straight it, and flat. It's windy. That's why I'm surprised they got a news story coming out of Wyoming. I know. Yeah. That's, that's why Wyoming. I brought this article in. We got to talk about Wyoming. Everyone, we got, I think we got a couple listeners in Wyoming. Poor Wyoming. Yeah. So uh, State Senator uh, Lynn Hutchings. Um, she's kind of stepped into it, talking about the LGBT, talking to the LGBT community. Did she tell the truth? Um, I, I think, yeah, basically. That'll get you in trouble if you tell the truth. She's just asking questions. <laughs> yeah. All right, so a bunch of student groups came up on the Capitol, um, the LGBT student groups. High school. Excuse me, high school. High school, high school LGBT, school yep, that's, thank you for that clarification. Came up to the Capitol to kind of push um, lawmakers to um, uh, uh, adopt a bill that would ban workplace discrimination against LGBTQ. Can they vote yeah. yet? High school no, students they can't. No, but if but they've been held back and they're eighteen, <laughs> <laughs> and they can maybe, which happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so the people who can't vote are going to try and push people. Yeah, in, yeah. In, okay. Influence. All right, yeah, all right. Follow, follow that. What happened? I'm just trying. And, to and so out. this group comes up to to um, Lynn, right? Yeah, Lynn uh, comes up to her and asks her, you know, to to support this bill that bans workplace discrimination. She apparently uh, this wasn't what wasn't recorded, but this is what was reported. She said um, to them, she said, if my sexual orientation was to have sex with all men in in there and I had sex with all women in there and then they brought their children, I had sex with all of them and then they brought their dogs and I had sex with them. Should I be protected from my sexual orientation? So she's running the 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 end of the road, the slippery slope, right. saying if I put this bill forward right. if i support this bill why what would prohibit me from by what standard yeah by what standard, by what standard do we protect where's your people? shut off and yeah and where's the brakes on this <laughs> mm-hmm. she found their shut off because they got upset right well, they, yeah they got mad that she, she was comparing their sexual orientation to pedophilia and bestiality, bestiality right? right and the thing is i mean the bible actually does this so christians really need to just um be okay with this Leviticus 18 says, moreover, you shall not lie carnally with your neighbor's wife to defile yourself with her. You shall not let any of your descendants pass through the fire to Molech, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination, nor shall you mate with any animal to defile yourself with it, nor shall any woman stand before an animal to mate with it. It is perversion. Wow. Yeah. So all in the, the same breath. Notice the connections. Right the law yep. of God connects adultery, abortion, sodomy, bestiality. So Christians must not apologize or soft pedal for any of this in yeah. the slightest. And and to the extent that we have gone soft on adultery, I was just yeah. The Ooh. church is part of the problem. Yeah. Well, so, you know, if we're not disciplining adultery, if we're not confronting adultery, there's a slippery slope there also. We're yeah. the problem. Right. Yeah, these high school students have the same problem as the the uh the mayor or I'm sorry, the attorney general in, yeah, in Washington. In Washington. Yeah, yeah, I, can't remember. I was trying to think yeah. of his name. Yeah. But they Bob. Ha- Bob, yeah, you know, just Bob. They have this in and that in, but then they don't have a standard for the middle, right? Right. So when it came to her sleeping with everybody else's husband, they were fine with that. All the men. Mm-hmm. When it came for her sleeping with everybody else's wives and the husbands, they she didn't. They didn't mind adultery. Yeah. They were fine with anything in between. There. Presumably, yeah, presumably, right. yeah, yeah right, absolutely. But they're fine with that. Yeah. But when it came to children, children, it, they, animals, they, at this point, their consciences still have that somewhat intact. Yeah, but but you also you also notice that like legislators. 
don't want to make that comparison in public Christian legislators because they're nervous of what they're going to have to defend because homosexuality has become norm. Right. So if they, yeah. if they actually compare homosexuality in public to pedophilia, bestiality, all that yeah. stuff, they stay away from that. Ted yeah. Cruz, you know, Ben right. Carson, they all stay away from that because they know that they'd actually have to bury this in scripture. The only way to defend this is that the connection Bible. is the Bible. But and that's, that's where we lose. So Christians <laughs> lose by being apologetic and, yeah. uh, and, and not, um, and not making and, the clear comparison, right? Well, just but just standing on the Bible. Yeah. Well, why? I mean, we should we should do this with other things like stealing. Why? Because God says no stealing. Right. Um. Why? Why are these things wrong? Why? Why is um? Why is a high taxation rate wrong? Yeah. Because it's stealing. Because the Bible says you you don't take that much from people. Yeah. And, and, and but but we don't do it. So we don't appeal to the Bible at all. And then when it gets to this point, yeah. This is the cult coming soft so the culture is following it the cult which is supposed to be the christian church has gotten soft so the culture follows it and this is is evident when you see pastors like jd greer preaching that homosexuality Mm. is really no different than any other sin Mm. right and so he's gone so soft on it that yeah of course the culture's falling right behind right he's teaching them he's discipling them one way or another that's the church yeah so anyways all this is to say i mean that's a problem Mm. and I hope Representative Lynn. She's standing strong. I hope she stays yeah. there and just yeah. and, and smiles and cheerfully and says, "I'm not. I'm not going anywhere." And repeats herself. And repeats herself. But the thing, <laughs> but the thing is, is that Christians need to recognize that we've we've been teaching the culture that you don't have to follow the logic. Mm. The church has That's taught good, that Toby. because yeah. we didn't hold the ground. At, we didn't hold the line at adultery. Right. We haven't held the line there. Right. And and so the culture says, "Well, then if we can." If you're okay with adultery, yeah. why not homosexuality? Yeah. Why yeah. not these other things? That's good. So the Houston Chronicle uh, this past uh, month released an investigation on the Southern Baptist Convention. Oh, yeah. So they they got all this data, put it in a database uh, that was tracking sexual predators within the church. And then they they ran all, they ran all the connections of, of who's in prison now um, over um, being convicted as a sexual predator versus, you know, who's who was um, accused. Yeah, and so yeah. they, they went through this whole process. Anyways, um, they found that about um, 380 Southern Baptist church leaders and volunteers have faced allegations of some sort of sexual misconduct. So allegations. It also includes those who were convicted, credibly accused, and, sexfully, and successfully sued, and those who confessed to resign. So it, in that, that 380 is those who've been accused, Right, but not we. But we all don't know the, all, all the way to convicted. All the way to convicted. Right, so Correct. we don't know which how many in there are false accusations. That's right. But uh, roughly 380 are are included in the in the roundup. Yep. And so before before we get, I got a clip I want to show you a play with Russell Moore. But before we get there, let's be clear that any sexual abuse is wicked. We're we're all yep. on that page. Um, it's evil. Churches must practice um, biblical discipline, which you don't see in all this. Yeah. Right. Uh, and civil magistrates should investigate, prosecute, and convict all criminals. Crim- Man, I'm having a hard time this morning. Criminals. According, criminals, according to biblical standards of justice, right? right. We've, been, we've talked about this a lot on the show. You've got to have two or three witnesses. Yeah. We're, we're the anonymous. Yeah, we're the anonymous. <laughs> well, you, you, cross-examination, yeah, yeah, yeah. testimony. you right. got to be. You, anonymous accusations on Twitter don't count. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, uh, uh, media mobs, the church should utterly reject right. yeah. that's hearsay right. doesn't count hearsay doesn't count no. i heard once or you you know that's we that, want the witness that's not a testimony but yes. wherever two or three witnesses can establish facts the witnesses can be cross-examined due process is followed then throw the book at them yeah. mm-hmm. but okay. here's the problem i would say too it- real quick this is russell moore for our listeners who can't see the video okay um, uh, this is russell moore talking if there is uh if there's a pastor or a church planter uh, who is who is uh, watching this right now, or listening to this right now, um, who says, "I don't really, I don't really know what's going on within uh, w- within the larger world when it comes to to these issues." If you don't have women within your congregation who are leading and equipped to to lead, and who are not speaking to you about these things, then you're not going to be able to see uh, uh, what's taking place. And y'all. <laughs> you bring those in here just for this moment just for this moment <laughs> i planned this i was ready so rachel what you think <laughs> i'm not sure what he's saying in the broader context i he's he's responding to the so this guy um is interviewing about the report right and this is um the question that the gentleman asked him i should have man i didn't tee this up very well but the, the question the gentleman asked him is this, basically we have this report where do we go from here Oh, and he's saying, Russell Moore saying, we need women in leadership right. speaking that to the issue. Yeah, <laughs> well, I would say, I obviously, I'm not opposed to women who are firmly anchored in the word, helping lead the other women. Scripture calls 
older women to be teaching the younger Titus women. Titus 2. And, and it is, if that's a totally appropriate thing. But for the pastor to be looking around for where's the woman to tell me what to do here just shows that it's the whole thing is being um, anchored under the authority of women's emotions about this, which is the whole like, mm. you know, mm. like how do the women feel is the thing that's going to guide us in what we should be doing. And that's just wrong. Y'all, y'all want something? That <laughs> <laughs> was good. Uh, it didn't sound that good to me. Yeah, I mean, this. So I think, I mean, there was there's calls right away, and I know you know there's you know voices all over the spectrum, but right away there were calls to say you do not really care about these victims. Yeah, yeah. If you do not have women as pastors, yeah, I saw that. It's so dumb, but it is also the thing that I wondered when I saw the article because you just sent it to me morning when i saw the article is what are how many people are in ministry in the southern baptist convention you know like that's a big number 380 over over however many years but it's a huge amount of people you know like you're talking mm-hmm. about it's a the largest monster. it's the largest protestant denomination right. in, in america and i have no idea how many people we're actually talking about and so it seems to me like this just in sinners still sinning yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. stunner you know and and the idea of our culture today being so overwrought with this kind of thing while simultaneously pushing you know pride parades and all of this mm. stuff it's it's just the place everyone's just wanting to catch sorry that's okay wanting to catch the christians being hypocrites about it and Christians should be eager to get those things right, but it's but it's different than submitting to the authority of the emotional moment in the world. Yeah, I think I think you have a the context here. I mean, we so again, yeah, sinners are going to sin, and sin should be dealt with. Mm-hmm. Sin should be dealt with. Um, but the question is, is why is it that the media, for example, is so excited about this story? Mm-hmm. Why why is CNN why why is everybody running this up the mm-hmm. flagpole? Christians need to stop and say, okay, wait, what's going on here? Is mm-hmm. it is it just that CNN is really interested in facts and truth? <coughs> and, and morality? <laughs> well, you need to stand up. You're good. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, just I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. Yeah, of course yeah. not. And Christians need to say, okay, wait, so why are you so enthusiastic about this? Why are you so excited? This, this is happening in the context of a couple of years of this, you know, hashtag me too business. Yeah. Yep. And mm-hmm. which has not been about Christians and and the broader world really wanting to repent of sins no. that that actually abuse and crush women and children. Yeah. If so, the leading things on our list would be let's end abortion. Yeah. Like yeah. let's stop crushing all the little baby girls. Let's end sodomy. Let's stop promoting uh gay pride because mm-hmm. that's directly connected and and the best that Russell Moore can come up with is um, make sure you're a pastor is you're getting all your, your instruction from women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, is, I'm sorry. Did I interrupt you? No. Okay. I actually didn't. really want to hear what you had to say. <laughs> so, so I can eat another one. Another. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is exactly um, the, what the world's doing. And this is, I, I want to set aside two things real quick. The, the, these horrific things that's happened to people. We hate them. Right. Yeah. And we want mm-hmm. real justice. We want something to be done about this. And we want our, our church elders to actually practice church discipline right. and what mm-hmm. we, we can um, manage this the best that we can with our, our elders. The problem with, and, yeah, well, the problem with this whole me too stuff is it's, it's a bunch of um, virtue signaling. Absolutely. I, mm-hmm. I stand with the victims and so on. And, but our problem with this is where is the real justice being done? Mm-hmm. Where are the actual witnesses being um, brought forward? Where is the charges being brought? Well, in some cases, there didn't it say there were like a hundred of these people are in jail? Right. So in some cases, it's happened. Yeah, but like that scandal already happened. Right. You exactly. Know, like, it's, it's already over. over. And you're right. using that was public. It was handled. Yeah. It's and, over. But it was, it was dealt as it should have been dealt with. If, right. if everyone was convicted. But and, it's really just the easiest thing in the world to make Christians feel bad. Well, like if you want to make mm-hmm. Christians feel guilty, they feel guilty right away. And in any kind of cultural conflict the mm-hmm. smartest thing to do is try to shame the christians because yep. they will be shamed right. they will we're, immediately we're, be we like, have oh. standards no. and they're <laughs> shaming guilty. to move you to a particular place yeah they mm-hmm. want to play you they, they want, want to move you, to yeah, move you. Right. this is i mean that's God, and that's what this report's about when, it's about actually moving the southern baptist convention of, it's about moving course. their churches you just about, heard it from russell moore yep that's he's already right. yeah. trying yep. to make the play off of this move another way you could frame this is is to ask how concerned we really are for victims is um, you could compare this with yeah. um, uh, the public school system, for example. According to a 2004 yeah. report from the <laughs> Department of Education themselves, one in 10 students will experience school employee sexual misconduct by the time they've graduated from high school. One, one in, in 10. 10. So 
if there's been That's approximately incredible. 110 million students have attended public school in the last 20 years, mm-hmm. that means if the Department of Ed statistics are accurate, I don't know. In the last 20 years, there have been 11 million victims in the public schools. But that's only of school employees, not fellow students. Right. So, right? so yeah, the, right. the right. Even rates higher. of sexual problems right. going on is. So where's the public outcry? Well, they already they already got. Where's the public outcry? The, they already got. Got what? The, well, the, the public schools are already under the system. The difference here is that the church is not yet. Yeah. And so that's why the yeah, public outcry is in there because they're already on that team. So this move. is to try yeah. and maneuver the church to a particular position. And it's funny because when, when you have sin yeah. in the camp, God uses your enemies sometimes to judge you. Sure. But what you don't do is use your enemies' gods to repent with. That's right. We gotta go. So but but but, yep. but but listen, when you find sin in the camp and, and God's using your enemies to judge you, which is what's happening right, right now, you fall to your knees. You repent. You have a savior yeah, that way. But you don't. But you don't turn to you their don't gods. You don't turn to their gods and say, "Okay, let's bring in their You're laws right. to You're judge right. us and <laughs> to repent." That's, right. That's right. not what we do. That's All, good right. Knocks. All right, more with Rachel, Rachel Jankovich. Rachel Jankovich. Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. 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 Oh, I like that. More Rachel in the <laughs> Department of Hell No on Cross Politics. Classical Conversation supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview in fellowship with other families. We provide a classical, Christ-centered curriculum, local, like-minded communities across the United States and in several countries, and we train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit our website at classicalconversations.com. Classical. Christian. Get connected. Get community. If you need a little red meat in your diet, Pastor Doug Wilson. They want to keep the government out of our bedrooms. What are they talking about? I built my house, which means I built my own bedroom. The government told me how far apart the studs had to be in my bedroom wall. They dictated how thick the sheetrock had to be. They mandated how far apart the sheetrock screws had to be. They had policies on the configuration of of those sheetrock screws. They have laws on the size of the windows and what kind of glass I can have in them. And there are stern legal warnings on the mattress tags. What do you mean you want to keep the government out of our bedrooms? The president is probably contemplating right this minute the establishment of a bedroom czar. To enjoy more red meat of this kind, check out the podcast on iTunes or for more blogging of this particular nature, blog and may blog at dougwills.com. Kind of sticks in your teeth, don't it? Why you got a whole, chore- you got a whole cho- choreography here. You you get, get put your hands up. Stop worship. It. We in worship right now. Stop it. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Do you have something to say, Rachel? <laughs> Just gonna need a lot more warm up than that. To <laughs> Rachel's bringing us in across politics here. <laughs> you guys are some pagans. I don't even know if you guys are Christians. Right, I'm gonna say it. Hashtag. Hell no. <laughs> Department of hell no. Oh, Department of hell no. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> We're worshiping. Um, well, welcome back to Cross Politic, and I apologize for Chocolate Knox and for that public display of something. Um, we're really grateful to have with us on Cross Politic. Can you talk underneath this? Rachel Jankovic. Uh, Rachel Jankovic is a wife, homemaker, and mother. She received her bachelor's degree in liberal arts and culture from New St. Andrews College. That's where I went to. Yes. It's early application deadline coming up. Yeah, March 1st. March 1st. Yeah, priority. (laughs) Priority application deadline, March 1st. Most uh, She mostly reads cookbooks now, it says, to avoid really? story grip. <laughs> I'm very susceptible That's to story what, grip. Yeah. Yeah. In 2003, she married her husband, Luke, who we tried to get on the show. Jankovic. You have to Luke get him another Jankovic. time. Yeah, yeah we're like, Luke, we're going to get you next time. Yes. Um, and uh, they have seven children yep. who know how to party. They do. Yeah. They do know how to party. A- ages That's true. Like, 14, Four, 14 to 3. To 3. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Rachel 14. loves color fabric yarn to knit with, kids to laugh with, laundry, not so much. Love it. Uh, <laughs> Love and it. Bible reading. Yes, uh, that's She true. helped us kick off a, kind of a really cool local uh, fun deal called the Bible Reading Challenge, which you can find at ChristKirk.com. And now it's gone viral. So say, it's not, it's not Bible local. It's, yeah. in, it's totally international. There's a lot yeah. of the women's Facebook group is like, oh, I think. At least eight thousand. But we started here. You started here. Yeah. Like, hey, ladies, let's yeah, read the wow. let's read the Bible, and then it's like yeah. it's blown up. Yeah, yeah, That's totally. 
Really exciting. How many? How many women? I think it's around eight thousand. On the women Facebook page. On the Facebook, Facebook group. group. Just yeah. on the Facebook page. What, what, yeah. What's the name of the Facebook group? Um, it is. I think it's Christ Church Ladies Fellowship or Bible Challenge by Christ Church Ladies Fellowship. Or Facebook it. Google okay. it. But if you mm-hmm. go to Christkirk.com slash Bible Challenge, you can yeah, find all the links, links there. To everything there's there. also men reading the Bible now, too. We yeah. were like, yeah. wait a second. <laughs> this is not, this fun without this us. not fair. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're not nearly maybe as prolific and uh, as as the women, but a bunch of us are also reading the Bible and doing not the Bible Challenge. Chatty, I not think. as chatty, I think. Not as chatty. Uh, no. The women's group, oh, I don't think the men would be as encouraged by like, is your toddler here with you while you're reading your Bible? Like, and then everyone talks about, yes, this is fun. Well, I'm some men, yeah. It's hard to imagine the men being as encouraged in the word. Yeah. With yeah. That, right. yeah. I was, I was, re- I was replacing my alternator while listening <laughs> yeah. to the Bible reading today. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. It's different. And, and Rachel is speaking at grace agendas. Um, uh, yeah. the, yeah. the woman's workshop. Or the, yeah. What, what do we call it? Women's seminar. Women's, women's seminar. Or the women's, co- yeah. Grace whatever. Agenda, April yes. 5th and 6th here in Moscow. Yep. Go to graceagenda.com. It's free. It's just free. Sign up. There's a women's you seminar. Just pay your way to get here. And a men's seminar. Yep. Right. And also, Saturday night will be a open house dessert in life Bible reading challenge meetup. Kind oh. of a nice oh, like, time. Oh, just, so like people who've so been people reading. people who come who've all been reading the Bible together will have a chance to like actually meet in person. Meet all and the greet. mods and Bible reading That's social. That's and, nice. yeah. uh, the theme of the main conference is is uh, keep your kids. Keep them. Keep your kids. Yep. Because um, one out of every 10 pastors probably lose their kids. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Pastor. Pastor Doug Wilson will be speaking. Um, Pastor C.R. Wiley. Yes. From um, Connecticut. From Connecticut coming East to Coaster. town. I don't know um, about East Coast. And then we have uh, Ben Merkel. Yep. Mm-hmm. Luke Jankovic. And yep. uh, Nate Wilson. Andy Wilson. Yeah. What Wilson. I love about that is it's on raising kids and yeah. it's all of Doug's son-in-laws or I kids. I, 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 I love it yep. too. I'm really, really excited about that too. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's one of the reasons why we wanted to grab Luke too is we're like, yep. hey, Luke. What's up, man? What are you, you going to talk about? I think it should about, be but... all pastors' goals to eventually have a family conference yeah. where all their kids are speaking at. Yeah, yeah. Be, to be able to do that, <laughs> yeah, right? To I mean, have the faithfulness I mean, what and authority a, yeah. what a gift. to do that. I know. What a awesome. gift. And it's, and it's yeah. modeling. And, and, and the thing is, Hebrews 13 actually says to, to know who your leaders are and follow the outcome of their faith. Yeah. And, and, and so, like, what, what, is your, what is your pastor's family like? Yeah. And, um, and it's such a gift to have that. And if you can't here. follow your pastor, then you might want to think about finding a new church, new pastor to follow. True. But we can talk about that later. <laughs> um, that's, so, that's a different topic. You just wrote a new book, Rachel. It's I called did. You Who? Yep. And I can't even read the subtitle. Why but, You Matter and How to Deal With yeah, It. Yeah, so Why You Matter. Why this book? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, I would say when I was in college, I actually wrote my senior thesis at NSA on the problem of the self as it related to some other things. So at that, but at that time I read the problem about, of self, you mean like, like how good the self is. No, <laughs> the philosophical problem of the self, which is okay. basically who are you? How do you know uh, the continuity of the self over time? It's philosophical question. Are you okay. the same person as you were when you were five? Um, now when you're even your physical body has pretty much none of the same parts, you know, like mm-hmm. you were different. All those cells have died. Yeah. What's the continuity? Right. What's the thing? Um, and as much as it seems like kind of a vague philosophical thing to wonder about, it's incredibly practical. If you don't know uh, who you are, things happen. And like, like an example would be, say you have a woman who has identified herself thinking I'm young and I'm carefree and I love adventure. And I, you know, and she thinks that's the essential me. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. And then say her husband is paralyzed or something. Yeah. And she's saying that essentially you believe something came into your life that is murdering you. Your essential you is mm-hmm. destroyed because of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we don't think it's going to make an impact, but it makes an enormous impact that we have a wrong philosophical assumption of the self. It seems like it sets you up for all sorts of discouragement. And well, frustration. Yes, um, but also just just like hopelessness because you have the so what ends up happening, say if you flush that situation out, say your husband is now crippled and you have to take care of him, but you think your essential self that that you just believe is you is being thwarted by your circumstance. Well then people say, Well, doesn't God love me? Like, didn't you say God loves me? Why would right. God do this to mm. me? Why wouldn't he give, make let God me be loved, who I am? Yeah, if God loved me why would he murder me like this? Like, Mm -hmm. why would he actually take my, what I believe is my essence and destroy it? And that's not, even though that's a dramatic situation, 
it happens all the time yeah, with much smaller fixed, ones yeah. like my mother, like not my mother, being a mother. When I became a mother, <laughs> right. there's this infant that holds me back from things and changes who I thought I was. You can't travel. And then it, yeah, but then it spirals out of control with self-pity and thinking I mm. need to go make myself somewhere. Everything's I need getting to do. in the way of Everything's what you think me. you are, who right. you think you and are. So there's a lot of um, envy and depression and all. There's a ton of problems that are real practical Christian problems that flow from not thinking your identity is completely found in Christ. So, and if, mm. so flesh that out. Who, That's good. Who are we really? Right. So I, in the book, I cut, I try to walk through the bad assumptions that we have. And then what are we is that we're creatures made by our creator and we are here to worship and to glorify God. And so there is no, like who we are is totally found in our orientation to God, mm-hmm. which means that there is no, you know, there is no, uh, you know, nothing can separate you from the love of the Father. If your identity is in the love of the Father, there is zero situation that can mess with your essential self. Like, you're safe. But that's what everyone's scared about all the time. They're trying to craft themselves instead of letting God shape you. Or use Romans 8 as a great example where you're quoting from. I mean, mm-hmm. so all things must work together for good for those who are called according to God's purpose. Um, right. All, through all these things, I mean... Paul lists a whole bunch of stuff there, like nakedness, famine, sword, persecution, a paralyzed dad, uh, you know, a husband, Mm -hmm. uh, 10 kids, you know, lots of diapers, you know, whatever. And he says, no, in all these things, we're actually more than conquerors. Right. So he's actually saying, you're actually, all these things have to serve your father. Right. And he's serving you through them. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So That's really good. Did, did something trigger this book, or is this just something that you've been waiting to write since? since? I would say yes, it did. Something did. What, what <laughs> triggered you? What triggered you? Me. <laughs> um, it was a long, slow triggering. Be, because I wrote, because my first two books are books on mothering. Yeah. I have been in the world of encouraging Christian mothers for a long time. And so, because I've been aware since college of the problem of self, it was shocking how often in talking to mothers about their regular problems. I was like, this is just an identity issue. Like, this is this is all the way back to, like, you think you need to make yourself interesting through what you're doing instead of through your obedience. Mm. To, like, and good, and yeah. we don't want to obey God. That's the real heart of the matter. <laughs> That's the problem. The problem, the <laughs> the problem yeah. is that there's some subconscious. I was subbing in a high school class. Christian kids. It was great. It was a great discussion. But I got them all. I was like, we were talking about this. And I was saying, so do you think it sounds like a more interesting person is following their own desires and their own heart? Or would you think if someone said, I'm just living for the glory of God, pursuing him, would you think, oh, man, that sounds like a really interesting person? Everybody would be like, no, it's way cooler to like move to the city and pursue your passions and Mm, go Mm -hmm. for your dreams. Because somehow we believe we're creating the interesting parts of life and God is boring. And wow. I don't know yeah. what that's about because yeah. you think, it's idolatry. It, it, yeah, yeah, but it's pitiful idolatry yeah. too because you think you're God who created this whole universe and all this diversity. Why do we think obeying Him will somehow make us smaller? Yeah, right. Like where we think, right. and so we think we should worship ourselves, pursue ourselves to be more glorious, yeah. but it just cuts us off from the source of all glory. Cuts us off. So even a Christian that decides that. Because just speaking as Christians, as a Christian that says, "Oh, I'm going to run to the city and pursue my own glory," they still can't escape. That God's going to wreck their whole world, though, right? No, but the problem is it's like it's this bad little cycle of tail chasing because we're too proud to worship ourselves. So we're then we're really critical, like <laughs> like we're, we're yeah, like right. we're right. trying, yeah. but we're trying to demand that we be both the worshiper and the worshipped. Yeah. Right. Mm, and uh-huh. then and what then you, when we let ourselves then, down and then we let ourselves down and we're disgusted and we're like, I, I hate you. I am better than worshiping you. <laughs> and then we're like, well, how wow. am I? And And this is this whole thing about when people say. Um, you need to believe in yourself. And people think, well, what if I don't? I need to find myself. I need to make myself worthy of this kind of worship. Yeah. And I'm not mm-hmm. worthy. Right. And so it's super stressful. And then there's people coming in with little memes to be like, you are worthy no matter what. You know? <laughs> right. And you're like, no, I'm not. Like yeah. this, We all know this is a lie, but we're still somehow trying to do it. I think it's just the problem of too proud to be on our knees before ourselves when we know our own faults and and too proud to worship God. You know, like, so we just right. are in a miserable little cycle. And, and your remedy for that is? Worship God. That's, yeah. that's, <laughs> just, yeah. that's oh, the remedy. And I was expecting like some secret sauce or, No, you know. it's very, very simple. But the, but the reality is that it's just recognizing the idolatry in your heart that thinks I'll be more interesting if and, I do this. And worshiping mm. God means then see that his 
his plans are way better than our plans. Right. And he prepared good works for you to walk in and that Christian women need to be confident that your obedience today is the most important work you could be doing. You know, like this is God called you to the most important Mm. place you could be. And I think that women tend to just kind of opt out of obedience today because it doesn't seem important. It's not glamorous. It's not, you know, whatever. And an example I've used it. I think I, I do use it in the book. I've used it speaking. Um, before is that you think of someone who's a real, we all know like Corey Ten Boom is a real yep. wonderful um, woman of the faith and like such a rich character. You know, say you read The Hiding Place and you read the whole thing, which I assume you all have at yep. some point. Yep. You should get on that. Get on that right away. Has you read? Uh, I don't even start. <laughs> Are you done? I was, I was gonna, well, what's the, the other book you hadn't read yet? The Hideous Strength. There you go. Mm. Actually, I'm reading that. The thing about the hiding place is here you have this wonderful woman who loves the Lord and it's her story with her sister of their whole time in, uh, in you know, when they're in prison camp and yeah. it's, it's devastating, sad story, but she's a wonderful Christian woman. So it's a wonderful story of faith and yeah. glory. And you would never read that book and say, if only we could have seen a little less of Christ and a little more of Corey. Yeah. Like she mm. is such a radiant character because she's so not about herself. She's yeah. so all about God right. that she's a ton of personality. Yeah. And I think that the thing is, is that what Christians have that opportunity to have that total freedom from self and just loving God's glory is what the world is trying to imitate. Yeah. And right. then we have Christians trying to imitate the world, trying to imitate Christian confidence. <laughs> right. And it's just a big, like, yeah. what are you doing? But we have the source right here. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and that's what they're trying to get at. And you're, and we have all these Christians acting lost because we don't know the basics of how we are to be oriented to God. It's almost like Jesus was right when he said, uh, if you want to find yourself, you have to lose yourself. Yeah, almost as if. It's almost, almost as if he, as he, as he knew he what he was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it was well, all in the Bible. But that's the, the language of the Bible is so counter the language of what we're all trying to tell each other, especially yeah. Christian. I mean, it's silly what the world is doing, but what Christians are buying into is the part that's tragic because we know you better. know better, yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The gospel came and said, you are lost. Yeah. You're not a god. You're sinful, you're fallen, and you need a savior. Right. That's, that's, the, that's the gospel. And then you can't just leave that behind. Right. So the goal of the book really is to look at, like, okay, what do we believe that's wrong? How has that uh, affected? Well, some of it is how is it, how have we bought into the same things that are causing all the cultural problems? Right. Mm-hmm. And yep. because that idea that you create yourself, that we're self created, right. is mm-hmm. what the problem is. So, like, if you think you create yourself and say that someone else is creating themselves and in their little story, they said, I'm a lesbian, but I'm really fun and everyone loves me. Well, when a Christian says, you know, it's like someone stepping in from the outside and saying, actually, it's not a romantic comedy. It's a tragedy. Right. Like, right. And and they're saying, how dare you? Which is why you might have like um, it's on the news or so, I heard about some, an interview on the news where a trans person is saying, are you denying my existence? When right. someone says, I won't use your pronoun. Yeah, right. And and they say, you're denying my existence. And what is that about? Because the Christian is sort of like, uh, yeah. no, I'm no. not. I mean, right. like, I had right. this had nothing to do with that. But the idea of but they believe they're creating who their own I existence. Am, yeah. Who I am is my story to tell. This is mine. And right. so when Christians buy into that, which we have, mm-hmm. it's a super muddled, watered down, false gospel. And we have mm-hmm. to see that the, I mean, abortion and homo- use lesbianism mm-hmm. or whatever, transgenderism, I mean, all these things are exactly the same thing run down the line. Right. When you, when you see what God is giving you as an obstacle to you being you. Right. Christians can do it and just sort of be fussy and whiny about it mm-hmm. and say, but, you know, but of course I can't get rid of these kids or whatever. Right. But, but the world, it doesn't, isn't limited by that. It's like, well, I'll just get rid of the kids. Mm-hmm. I'll just, I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be a boy right. instead, or I'm going to do whatever right. I want. Right. What are you doing? It's so contradictory what you're doing. What are you doing? Emotional, I'm just worshiping. That was such a good some segment. emotional mu- music? Emotional <laughs> music. To- emotional. <laughs> fill me up. And so I wonder if there's uh, any connection between up. this kind of emotional um, music and and thinking that we're gods. Oh. And, and <laughs> we're going there. I don't there. know, but Rachel we'll find out. is the author of Loving the Little Years. Yes. Uh, what's the other one? Fit to Burst? Fit to Burst, yep. Um, now, Yoo-Hoo. Yoo-Hoo. Yep. Um, and, right um, and also, you've been kind of going nuts online recently. I can't handle any more bit nuts. And we need to talk to you about your potty mouth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well. All right, we'll talk about the potty mouth. Rachel. Jacob Bowman. Then... Okay, I just, I'm sounding like you now. Next on Cross Politics. I can't handle any more of that worship music. That really, like, drives me nuts. Okay, can we not play that for the next segment?
I don't know. No, I don't, I don't know. know. Can I don't we? Know. <laughs> Can we? We can't control you, Knox. If you are a homeschooler, we have an app for you. Check out Learnly.me. With Learnly, you can capture your family's learning experience anytime, anywhere, and it's all pushed into a digital portfolio that allows you to create classes, grade work, a family learning experience, and generate transcripts all with a single click, something you know all homeschoolers should be doing. And for CrossPolitik listeners, use discount code LEARNLYCROSS to get 50% off the first three months on a monthly subscription plan on top of 30 days free. So head on over to Learnly.me forward slash CrossPolitik. That's Learnly.me forward slash CrossPolitik. Just play it. You want me to just play it? Just play it. Just play it. Just play it. Just play it. You can just play it. Just tell me when. Ready? Play it. It's disheartening for me to see a lot of those at conservative churches mock that song. The reason they mock it is they've never experienced God. Because we say fill me up with other things. Give me another beer. Give me another beer. Give me another beer. Give me another beer. We get filled up. Give me another bite of that hamburger. Another bite of that hamburger. Another bite. Give me those french fries. Give me. We get filled up. It's interesting, Paul correlates being filled with the Spirit with drunkenness. What Spirit are you guided by? What do you want to be filled with? And the reason many are touched by the Spirit of God is we've been worshiping all week. That's why you'll see a stark uh, difference between those who have been worshiping and those who have not. So that's a song we shouldn't be mocking. We should be embracing. God, fill me up. Our heart cry should be, I want more of you, more of you, more of you. Let it rain. Oh, my God, let it rain. Do you see the perversion that is overcoming our nation? Do you see that we're calling good evil and evil good? Do you see families breaking up? Do you see the opiate crisis? Do you, do you see? Our heart cry should be, fill me up. Let it rain, God. I need more of your spirit because comfortable Christianity is not going to cut it in these dire times uh, are, you, are, you, are you done? These dire times. All right. <laughs> the, the, I want to hear, that, I hear from that Rachel. Last phrase was pretty. I want to hear from Rachel. Anyways. So what, what, do you, what do you think? Um, well, I think it's clear that we're not all of us in the same. We're not charismatics. Although a lot of the time I say, I'm not a charismatic, but let me tell you my charismatic moment that I'm yeah. having right now. Yeah. Um, but recently, you know what this reminded me of when you sent me this video this morning? We, my husband and I took our kids with us to a, I'm not even sure what. Kind of, we went to a different church one Sunday morning, right? And it was shocking, and Luke and I were really laughing. So on our way over to the to the service, we were like, "All right, kids, this is really going to be different." And it's like if you went to visit some distant relatives, yeah. and you're like, "Their food is weird, their house is weird. What are we doing? Yeah, What's yeah, happening yeah. here?" And I was like, "But this is your family, yeah. you know, like, and that you will be at this table, and you will." Like yeah. this church you is will part be of the here and you will see yeah. that the, this is your family and we are not just because we don't do it this way. And it's OK that we prefer what we eat and right. how we sit. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's OK, but it's not OK to prefer us to, you know, like that. Sure. We this is our family. And what happened in that service, Luke and I were really dying because, you know, opening remarks, the pastor thanks himself for coming, even though it's beautiful weather outside. <laughs> and you look down the road at our seven kids who were all like. And I'm like, congrats. We've raised some uptight reformed kids. You know, like, here, yeah. here they job. all are they don't in the like road the just like, what? Yeah. Like, I am sorry. And so, but they're all trying to do what we told them to do. And then, so then these big screens come up and there's like glitter falling from the sky and the lights are dim. Yeah. Even though it's the morning, we have like the windows shut. So yeah. we can Even see though it's screen. beautiful outside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though it's beautiful outside. Yeah. We're not going to look at that now. So we had, and it was glitter coming down on the screens. And this horrible song that was about the spirit yeah. is descending. Can you feel the atmosphere changing? Like the spirit in it, it repeats like glitter. Itself. It just gets all over it, you. Well, and it just repeats itself forever in yeah. this room where none of the people are singing enthusiastically because because the worship leader is unfollowable. You yeah. know, like there's no uh, even though he's it's soloing up there. It's incredibly yeah. repetitive and impossible to follow because mm-hmm. they are always throwing in some vocal riffs that Woo-hoo-hoo. was not what you thought we were doing. Yeah. So but the thing that I thought was so humbling in that moment is that it was true that our God is so kind that his spirit was there. You know, uh-huh. here we are with these dumb screens and glitter and the atmosphere is changing (laughs) and it's perfectly accurate because the reason we were there was to see a chinese friend baptized Mm -hmm. who had come to the lord through 
the love of saints at that church mm-hmm. who had done English mm-hmm. as a second language stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we're genuinely here with our people, right, yeah. even though we're genuinely right. kind of like, wow, what, <laughs> yeah. what is happening? And so when I watch this, I had mixed feelings because he's not wrong. He's not wrong that in our faith, we have people who are judgy about yeah. that without having any sincere religion. Right. You know, yeah. like I think it's a, in some ways a fair hit. Right. And that's that's the thing. I, I hear this and I think, man, it's so it's so mixed Yeah, yeah. because I think on the one hand, yeah. Do do people have drinking problems? Yes. Do people have right. eating problems? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, right. Are yeah. Are some reformed people uptight and arrogant, and are they bigoted? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> they are. Right. Yeah. I, right. I, I I totally hear you on the on the kid thing because I think our I find that Mike I have like we have to lean the same way with our kids and yeah. I I didn't realize like I I think you know because they're more they're more like no this is the way we do it right and I, I'm like but, yeah but you know they're they're actually part of the body of Christ too yes. and and uh, but but I think the thing that is where Christians need to be discerning and thoughtful on this is what do we mean by being filled with the spirit? Mm-hmm. What do we yep. mean by that? And, and I think for many Christians, that means having an emotional experience. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now right. it's, you know, they say Jesus and they, you know, they typically can explain the gospel in a fairly evangelical right. um, Bible way. Mm-hmm. But what they really think is, is being filled with the spirit is, Feeling very emotional, having certain yep. feelings, right. goosebumps, and and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And and hear me carefully. I'm not saying that if you love Jesus, you never feel anything. No, no, yeah. Um, no. God gave us feelings. God gave us emotions, and they are supposed to be a blessing. Uh, when you're obeying, um, there should be a uh, as you obey cheerfully and gladly and so forth. There's um, God blesses us with feelings of gratitude and joy and thankfulness right. and all mm-hmm. those things. So that's not the point. Right. right. But the point is, are we putting our trust in those feelings right. and in that experience? I got to have that experience. I got to have those feelings. And then I know that I've met God. Right. Or do we meet God in the truth of his word and where he's promised to be present in his people mm-hmm. and in the gospel? And then we trust him to bless us with the feelings after. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So would you play the clip again from the beginning? I'm going to okay. stop it right after the beginning because I disagree with you a little bit, Rachel. It's disheartening for me to see a lot of those at conservative churches mock that song. The reason they mock it is they've never experienced God. That's my problem. They've never experienced God. So. Well, but who is he talking? See, my question was, I don't know who he's talking about. Who was mocking conservative, it? Conservative, it may well, conservative Christians. I know, but doesn't that sound like a specific answer to something? He is talking about a squabble that seems to be happening off stage, well, isn't he? I, well, and I think that you can look in conservative, more reformed churches who would, you know, mock songs that have repetitive lyrics to them mm-hmm. um, that aren't given any solid biblical theology. And I think one of the songs, I don't know if this song that was, I was playing earlier is exactly that song, but I know Fill Me Up, I've heard of plenty of reformed Christians talking about, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You provide the fire, I'll provide the sacrifice. Are you serious right now? <laughs> you know, and so when he says that, I don't think he's doing what you were doing with your kids. No, I don't think he is. I'm saying even, I still want to do that when I even, see yeah, it. Sure. I'm sure. not going to respond with like, Granted. what? He thinks some person who hates that song doesn't know God. I think he doesn't know God right. because he, like, it's but a dumb squabble. Sure, it's it's sure. ironic that he's saying that these people who are mocking this song don't know God, and yet he's talking about his brothers that have been filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't think that's a fair you're just you're just saying that he's not using this. He's not, he's not using the same the standard, same stand- the judgment of charity that you're yeah, yeah. encouraging your kids exactly. to. Exactly. Right. And, and he's so not using just because they mock a song that happens to not agree with their theology doesn't give you the right to take away their salvation. And I don't think that just because I mock somebody else's song that and I do, and I don't have a problem doing it because I think there's a way worship should be done. I want to encourage my brothers to come that way. I don't challenge your salvific stance before the Lord because of that. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 my, so, and my concern but, is what he's go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, I don't I don't differ with that. I agree. I think yeah. he's out of bounds to say that. But yeah, at yeah. the same time, I feel like I've had. I'm just saying it's not say, a fair hit. I don't think it's a right. fair hit. What he's doing. No, I think, you know I, I, think I think your assessment is a fair. I grew up in a charismatic church. I right. grew up there my whole life. Yeah. And so I come to a reform world. And in the last 12, 13 years with my kids. We go back to our old stumping grounds, which, by the way, is our family church. Yeah. And my so kid, it's really your it's, family. It's, it's, it's family it's and not family. Even, when we left, we got kicked out the family. You know, <laughs> it was real. And so 
my kids are sitting in church and we're hearing the worship songs and we didn't give them the warning. We just let them experience the whole thing. I, I wanted them to kind of feel it. Um, and my DJ turned to me and said, daddy, when are they going to start singing about Jesus? Oh, cause, and I was like, okay, good son. I said, and so yeah. I, I broke it down for him what they're doing. And in and, and the way, so they, like you were saying, would encourage them to show this is your brothers and sisters and there's an issue of maturity here. Mm-hmm. What I have a problem with, like you're saying, I don't want, and I think reformed people do this. this here's a hit of reformed people. They do take away feelings out of worship. I have a problem with that. They always argue against feelings, and that's not the issue. The issue should be right feelings, yeah. <laughs> rightful attitude in worship. And the way that you do that, the way that you communicate that is we have a psalm book. <laughs> You know, we have a book. If everybody were using the song, I'm I'm sure we find something to argue about. But I want to have arguments in the context of, oh, we're arguing how we sing the song. We're all singing the song. (laughs) I think I think my if I was going to say, what's my problem with that kind of worship? It's that it's stopping so early to have an emotional response. A real one. Because, yeah, it will. Even if it is a real one, you're you're, so much less than what the gospel is. Right. right? And And it is it's sort of like. If you were going to say, I'm going to read you the greatest poem that was ever written and you couldn't get past like the first two words because people were like, oh, my goodness, it's so beautiful. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. And you're like, just be quiet. (laughs) I feel so good right now. If you just listen to more of this, you could understand more of how beautiful it is. And so the problem is not that they're seeing if they're really swept away by the beauty of one of the songs we sang at this service was like a tidal wave crashing over me like a hurricane, like a tidal wave. Like it just went and it was like God's love or something like that. But it was just like repetitive, 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 not untrue, you know, like it's just sort of like, okay, you know, whatever, but so much less than we've been given, like in the Psalms and in this, like so much less than why aren't we pressing? Why can't we control ourselves enough to press a little deeper? Look at a Psalm like 136. Psalm 136 has that refrain for the mercy of the Lord, the loving kindness of the Lord endures forever. Every Uh, every couple of verses. I mean, so there's a place for a a refrain, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but, but the depth of what are we, how is his mercy forever? Mm-hmm. It's well, he created the sun, moon, and stars. He delivered us from Egypt. Right. He, he yeah. killed Eglon and Bashan mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah, all these yeah. kind of things. Yeah. Yep. There's depth. And I, you kept going. I was going to start shouting. Yeah. But, but the thing <laughs> I was, I was thinking about is, I, so I, I was assume this guy's, it has his heart in the right place. It, it, you know, he, he means well. He really wants to lead right. the people. I mean, he's pointing out real problems in the world. It, we have mm-hmm. a dire situation. Right. The thing that I don't think he realizes is that if he's not careful in, really discipling his people in the meat of the word, he's actually setting them up to Ab- be seduced yeah. by the world. Well, and because yeah. the world grabs us by our feelings. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, go Absolutely. back to what happened with the SBC, right? You see, mm-hmm. I mean, you need to feel really bad yeah, yeah. so that the government can regulate this. Mm-hmm. That's great. And, yep. and, and, par- and, and Christians are seduced by it because they, I do feel really bad. And I need to trust my feelings and follow my and now feelings. I can just move you where I want. And, you. and, and then they, <laughs> they say, so we, we should probably pass a law here mm-hmm. rather than, grounding it in the truth and in the word of God yeah. right. fully. He is saying there's real problems in the world and there's real issues. My problem with part of this too from him is that if you really want your congregation to be able to fight those things that are going on in the world, the way that you're doing worship is not going to help them fight either. Right. right? You, your, your, your worship songs are your war songs. And there's no better war songs in the scripture. You pray the scriptures, right. you preach the scriptures, you sing the scriptures. That's where your power comes from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah Amen. <laughs> I, 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 I want to. No, no, I, I want to push this into a particular corner. Um, since we got Rachel here, um, so you've been doing a bunch of these videos. Um, and right. I, I said it earlier. Hashtag Department of Hell No. Yeah. So, in complete honesty, I haven't had a chance to follow them. <gasps> what? Oh. So we and need we need a taste. So what? so yeah. what what is the story with? De- Hashtag Department um, of Hell No. Let me get my beep ready. The literal story. And was, remember, this is a children's, this is a family show. Right. This is a family I'll show. Watch my language. <laughs> the real motivation for Department of Hell No was just that when I wrote this book, I said, because I had been aware of the philosophical issues of the self, I see it everywhere because I had had to study it and read it. I see it all over the place, all the time. And I said, it's just one of those issues that once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. It's yeah, just yeah. all over the place. Right. And then some women who had been reading the book, were telling me, oh my word, you're so right, I'm seeing it everywhere. So I started getting messages from people, you know, like here's a dumb sign at Target, you know, to decorate your walls with, that is clearly a messed up philosophy of self. So when people would see it, sometimes they would tell me that or whatever. And it occurred to me that it would be a profitable ongoing 
um, conversation to talk about where do we see it in our lives around us? Yeah. How often? Because flag the lies, right? Because flag it the is lies. it is actually true. I don't think men have a good concept of this. I'll be fair. I don't think they do. Mm. Oh, I she, don't just, think, she just came at us. Yeah, I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why. In the course of a day, a Christian mom who may be struggling with her identity a little bit anyways, right? So you yeah. take someone who already doesn't really know what's going on, feels a little sad and a little alone and a little not like who they used to be. And she's not getting taught at and, church. And things are rough. Yep, they're singing just singing bad a bad song yeah. at church yeah. and yeah. Just, there's just no meat in there. And so yeah. <laughs> they're kind of already failing. Well, then in the course of their day, what you go to your gym, your gym is lying to you about who you are. You yeah. Google a recipe, the intro is lying to you about who you are. Oh. Like you have friends on Facebook sharing lies about who you are you go to pinterest it's lying about who you are Mm. like your whole day it'll be lies on instagram lies at the recipe site lies from a friend at school pickup lies at the gym on the radio and even if you think you are aware of that you are taking in more garbage than you think and that's why i said i don't think men are as aware of it because it is not their world right right it's not communicated that way you don't have a girlfriend texting you (laughs) like don't feel bad that your husband was mean to you because, girl, you're the most beautiful thing. I, you know, like, like, like. Man, I wish I could agree with you, but I tend to, I seem to find those guys on Facebook and Instagram. But I tend to be my, too aware my of point, it. My point here is that this is all over the place and yeah. it is being forced mm. on Christian women and nobody appears to have been engaging with it. Right. Yeah. So why, why Department of Hell No? Just, oh, what, what's, that happened without thought i just thought it was funny i was <laughs> it was not planned i posted whatever the first one was when i said i think it was actually a shirt that said uh jesus plus oils or oils plus jesus was the first one that i think i said oh wow this this little number from the department of hell no right and the funny thing is is that an intern laughing i have to there. say the sweatshirt that said jesus plus oils oils was even in a bigger font i mean like and I oh, just wow. think, in my opinion, and this is the correct opinion, if if you start <laughs> if you start saying Jesus plus, yeah. you should be hearing sirens of stop talking now. Right. Like there is yep. no Jesus Amen. plus. And yep. if you're talking about Preach. if I mean, you're talking oh. about here's some things I like. Yeah. yeah. And as I told someone in the comments who was like, I think it's cute. You know, I like both Jesus and oils. And I say, well, just keep like with like. Like make a shirt that says Fig Newtons and oils. And it's fine, yeah. you know, but if you're going to go to Jesus, let's not add on other right. things that are right. much less than. And you I'll know? just point out that the, that, that hashtag is f- like just fully in- consistent with the book of Galatians. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Paul, Paul yeah. actually says if anybody comes and preaches another gospel, yeah. um, anathema, damn yeah. them. Right. Right. Uh, that, that should go to hell. Somebody, Department of hell no. Somebody who didn't like my language did suggest that I uh, that actually Heck surprised no. me. No, no, no. The funny part is I don't think it had occurred to me that it would bother anyone, which is kind of naive of me, but I thought it was yeah. funny. And um, but because I was like, no, I'm literally talking about the theology of hell. I have no, right. I have zero conscientious like you're using this flippantly. Right, right. I'm yeah, like yeah. maybe yeah. it's funny, but it's dead serious. Right. And um, but she said, well, maybe you should just say, um, Department of Hell. And I was like, no, because that sounds like I think I'm the one sending people sure. there. I'm like, I'm okay with saying that I'm the head of the department that says hell no to that. Right. Like, right. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, okay, yeah. but I'm not going to, or she said, or maybe Department of Damnation, which I'd also be super uncomfortable with. Right. I'm not damning people. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, turns out you and I just don't have the same awkward, yeah. like. Yeah. You know that's what's funny. funny about people with language? And I, I'm, I get it. Uh, you know, you can be flipping in a way that's not right. But my biggest problem with that is that a lot of times people who have a problem with language, they're always concerned more about your language than the issue itself. No, I wondered about that because it seems <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, are you tolerating right. this kind of total insidious lies in right. your feed without being offended? Right. But, exactly. a, Christian, but a Christian saying, hell no, oh, is yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Dare why you? did you do that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but again, this reveals our biblical illiteracy. Exactly uh, right. That, that if, if we think that, that worshiping God, return to the whole point of what we've been hitting over and over on this show, worshiping God is just this emotional feel-goodism, mm-hmm. and we think that the only thing the Apostle Paul ever said was 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah. Right? Right. And then then we are biblically illiterate, and we are not equipped to fight. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. The yeah. book of Psalms is full of joy and sorrow and lament, and, yeah. Yeah. and the book of Psalms gives us this, this breadth of emotions to pour mm-hmm. out to the one who made yeah. us. But it's also full of content, a, a, a rich, deep truth. emotions, some yeah. actual meat in there. Actual Absolutely. meat yeah. that then equips you to say, 
Hell no. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's I, a lie. Yeah. Go I on, think, go oh, on Twitter and hashtag Department of Hell No, and there's a whole thread Is of there? all this stuff. Yeah, yeah it's uh, really good. Yeah. Where can we get your book at? I think Amazon. Well, I know Amazon Am- and Canon. Canonpress.com. Yeah. Rachel, yep. you are also the co-host of a podcast oh, yes. called yes. What Have You? Right. With, with my sister. With Becca. Yes. Michael. If you don't know about that, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> you can get to it in two places. You can go on uh, um, all the podcast catchers, but also NSA's the you make sure throw that in there Rachel thanks so much for joining (laughs) us my pleasure thank you if you're single get married if you're married have kids and if you have kids go baptize (laughs) until next week love God with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself go fight laugh and feast this is Cross Politics thank you for things are changing in the culture and in the church issues of race and justice have polarized many of us and we're left wondering at least these two questions How did we get here? And why is God allowing this to happen? Well, the answer can be found on a project called The Appendix by Pastor Kirk Kennedy. This is an album and documentary, rightly dubbed an albumentary. The Appendix was designed to help us go on a journey historically up to the present to help us understand how we got here and some ways that we can get out of the current conflict the church is in in a way that honors the Lord. The appendix can be found at the iTunes store, Amazon, and wrathandgrace.com. Pick up this albumentary. Prepare to be equipped, enlightened, and challenged. Soli Deo Gloria. Wrath and Grace.